Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in Or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again You need some market reconnection We got the answers to your questions No second thoughts or second guessing You need some market reconnection The real question is this How does a seven-figure business regain traction in the market? How do we reconnect with our audience? How do we stop worrying about our competitors? taking over and find the peace of mind and certainty within the marketplace. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ivan Temelkov. This is Market Reconnection. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have a fucking doozy of a guest, Mr. John Malott. What's going on, man? Yo, Ivan, we finally connect, brother. We finally, yes. finally make this thing happen. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's, it's a good day. I'm glad to reconnect with you reconnecting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, you know, I've been following you for a couple of years on Instagram, and I'm just like, you know, one day I, I'm going to somehow have the energy that John has. Like, you're just so driven, man. Like, You've got successful businesses, you know, you're, you're living the life that most people dream of. But before we unpack that, all right, let's just go a little bit back. Let's start with the story and the humble beginnings of John. Yeah, man, you see this tear welling up <laughs> whenever I go back. I, I think, love oh, it. <laughs> I'm so glad to be, you know, far removed from that John a lot. But I'll just tell you, man, I. I don't have yeah. all the things, you know, society says you're supposed to have to be successful. I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a high school diploma. My first felony arrest, I was 15 years old, you know, which uh, led to incarceration as a young person. And when I was when I was finally released from that juvenile detention facility, uh, something that we all know now today, they, they call it the crack epidemic was hitting hard in the 80s. And uh, I was just getting released from a juvenile detention facility. And I look way back then I had weight. My, my biggest issue was all the energy I had back then, man. I was, I was out of control. <laughs> it was my energy that kept getting me in trouble, but I wanted to be, I wanted to be a capitalist, man. So yeah. I, and in my neighborhood, there was two types of people. There was a consumer and there was a capitalist. And I wanted what the capitalist, I wanted the rims on the car. I wanted the, the beautiful women. I wanted all that stuff. But I did not get the memo, don't get high on your own supply. And I found myself at 17 years old, I had a heart attack from smoking. Uh, what we didn't call it crack. We were freebasing cocaine. That, and then later on, you know, they, they started calling it crack. But we were freebasing cocaine. I had a heart attack. I found myself, there was circumstance around that. So I found myself locked up again. But now I was in a drug rehabilitation program that was part of this thing for juveniles. And it was in there that there was this dude by the name of Dave. Dave was a former outlaw motorcycle gang member. Dave commanded respect. Dave was the first guy that didn't talk at me. And he didn't say, oh, you're this and you're that. And you're a loser and a failure and everything else. Everybody was calling me. Dave like held the mirror up and he said, bro, you made an appointment to be here. This is you. Stop being a little, you know, he was like, stop being a little bitch. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's you. You're here yeah. because you, not your dad, not the police. Not everything else you blame, it's you 100%. But Dave also did something that nobody had done to that up to that point. Because, of course, I'd already dropped out of high school and all that. Yeah. Dave gave me a book, bro. He turned me on to personal development. He, the first book ever in that personal development thing 
um, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. He said, he basically said, you're a jerk and you need to change that or I'm going to, or you're going to end up dead or incarcerated, which has already, already started in my life. And, and that book, it planted the seeds later on in life. I wrote a book with the motivational speaker, Les Brown. And, and Les used to say, when your when your mind expands, it can never go back to the original dimensions. And that's kind of what that book did. I was still one foot in the hood, but now I had discovered personal development. It was like this other world out there that I was intrigued by. And I started, I started to slowly make the changes because of the information. So that's, yeah. that's kind of where it began. And I, what I, I told you before, my, my last felony arrest, my final felony arrest, I was 24 years old, sitting on the bullpen floor in the Milwaukee County Jail. That's really when I made the final decision. I said, yes, I was a loser, gang member, drug, all these adjectives they use to describe me. But I, you, know, you, ever, you ever had too many drinks and you're over the toilet saying, God, if you just let me get through this, I'll never drink again. <laughs> That was me, bro. I was like, just get yeah. me out of this. I, I'm going to, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm not doing this. That's who I was. That's not who I, I would be. And it was on that bullpen floor. I finally made the decision. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it never happens fast, man. So it took a long time from that decision before anybody recognized me as anybody. I was still a joke, a laughing stock. You know, it, it just, it just never happens fast enough. Or at least for me, it didn't. You know, that, that's where it began. It's so ironic that you you're sharing this, man, because <clears throat> there's this trend that I think most people, especially new entrepreneurs that get in the game, there was some that like they're getting a taste, you know, business like they're making some money. They just spend, I don't know, fucking 300 grand on a new Lambo or some shit. And like life's going good. Right. They're living. They're living good. But there's a trend like what you were saying is this, that you're probably going to suffer a lot before you finally figure out like, what is it that you need to do? Like you said, you're on the toilet. You had too many drinks. You're like, please God, I'm never going to fucking do this shit again. Right. You're like in the regret knowing that, all right, I got to turn a new page. I got to stop living this life that I've been living because like Dave said, you're going to end up fucking dead if you don't do something. Right. And that's the reality of it, which kind of brings me to, you know, so nowadays you're involved in a lot of successful companies, but that wasn't the case back then. So like at what point, which congrats on the book, I didn't know that you had a book with Les Brown, hugely respected guy in the industry. Congratulations on that. But like, so how did like, uh, did you just wake up one day and say, well, what if I start a business or how, how did how all that come together? No, man, I, I wish it was that simple. It was, I, I really, I had such low self-esteem. I did not see myself as anything. You know, when you're told over and over, you're a failure, you ain't shit. You know, when when that's constantly being reinforced, you know, at some point you start to live to that. You start, you become that. I don't care who you are, when you're hearing it from the teachers and your parents and the police. So I didn't have any faith in myself. I didn't have any belief in myself. But again, I was very fortunate because of some of the bad behavior I ended up getting around mentors early on that started to put new seeds in, into my brain. And of course, Dave was a big, he was the beginning of that foundation. But then he also said, cause I was like, bro, what am I going to do, man? I'm, I'm not, I'm not built for athletics. I, I've had a drug problem. There's all these circumstances. Uh, I, I dropped out of high school. So getting a, a degree, I, 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 my ADD and five other conditions was never going to allow me to sit in a classroom for very long. And, and it, Dave said entrepreneurship. Now, I didn't believe it. 
but yeah. that little seed stayed planted and and slowly it started to grow and started to grow because I always thought you know these guys man they they had something I thought you had to be born into the house with the Rolls Royce already in the garage like that's a different <laughs> pedigree you know my dad is a steel worker my mom left we didn't have that I, I didn't where was I going to get this shit from yeah but it really it really became clear when I was a janitor for General Electric man I'm scrubbing another man's toilets huh, paycheck to paycheck struggling it became clear that this was not going to work. That uh, that I had to do something, and and it was and by the way, it was network marketing. It was an MLM. I showed up to a meeting. Someone invited me to, and they actually wanted me. They said, "Bro, we want you." And I'm like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> yeah. I didn't know the deal. I didn't know anything. But it really that's where I started to learn. That's where I met Jim Rohn, and Jim Rohn became my personal mentor only because he had a financial incentive. If I really, produced, yeah, it was that's a that's, good, that's fucking amazing, dude. Yeah. Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn. Amazing. I didn't mean to interject, but that, all right, keep going. (laughs) Well, that, yeah. So, you know, at the time I didn't understand when you're sitting at the seat of, at the feet of greatness, when you're that young, you don't really know exactly. Cause I'm still a little, you know, I got this, this weird fucking cocky ego scaredness (laughs) that, you know, I I project on uh, as, as something else, but it was Jim Rohn who took an interest. And again, mentorship is interesting. People hit me up all the time for mentorship. I'm always like, well, there's got to be something in it for both parties. Like I got a family, I got all this stuff going on. I can't, I would love to mentor everybody, but I just can't, you know, either there's got to be, there's got to be a trade-off in value. For Jim Rohn, the trade-off was simple. It was so pure. And that's why I love network marketing and MLMs. The trade-off was simple. You go produce kid. I'll give you a little more of my time based on your production. And I Mm -hmm. caught out pretty quick. That's how I, I won a contest to pick up Les Brown and his wife at the time, Gladys Knight, from the airport. And I was like, I started to figure out proximity was power. If I could get near these guys that had the information. Yeah. Because a good friend of mine today, his name is Mark Victor Hansen. Mark is the number two selling author on the planet, second only to the Bible. He wrote wow. the uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And, and it was Mark Victor Hansen who really turned me on to this idea of, of getting around the right people get in those circles. And I started to take that seriously. So I was a sponge, man. I was, I was, even when I was a full-time entrepreneur, my, my first full year, I only made $4,000. <laughs> so I was still a joke. It, I was terrible. I was still, you know, sucking my thumb in the fetal position. Like, what am I doing? Well, I'm still a loser. I'm trying, but I can't get any traction. Yeah. Um, but I, I did, I had all these people because of this, this profession network marketing that were coming and going out of these things. And they were planting these seeds and those seeds kept growing and growing and growing. And, and you know, eventually I caught on because I learned leadership. I learned how to scale businesses. I, I learned how to communicate better marketing. I learned all this stuff that made me more valuable. And eventually it started to kick in. Then I went from, you know, 4,000 the first year, 16,000 the next year, still no one, you know, saying, John right. but it was the seventh year the breakthrough happened. Imagine that seven years of pain. I mean, seven years. Seven years, bro. I mean, on my seventh year, I finally cracked. I made $116,000 on my seventh year. And for me, I felt like I fucking made it, man. Six figures. (laughs) That was the goal. I had the lighters out. I'm pounding my, look at me, man. You can't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then the next year it went to 220,000, then a million a year, then 2 million a year. Then I was cranking out a quarter million dollars in my sleep. Um, But people saw that they, they see it now. No one saw it. They were laughing at 4,000 a year, 16,000 a year, 32, 40,000. I mean, it was, I was a joke. 
but there was something that drove part of it was I had to get out of that neighborhood, man. My, my sister died from a heroin yeah. overdose. My brother, you know, this, it was just a disaster, man. I knew instinctively that if I didn't remove myself from that environment, I was going to destroy myself. And I'd love to blame other people. I'd love to blame the environment. Sure. You know, at some point we got to start to create our own environment. We can't let our environment create us. And I got, I got that loud and clear that I needed to make some serious changes anyways. Yeah. But that's how it happened, man. It was, it was a network marketing company that, that said, we want you and we'll teach you. Basically I turned a $600 check into about $30 million in cash into my pocket from, from that, those, that. Wow. Yeah. But so <laughs> a couple of things I want to share, because again, again, it's actually so ironic. You were talking about creating your, your own environment and, it's ironic because I posted a workout post this morning on Facebook and it, it, like you almost read my mind because you said nobody's nobody will see you. People won't see you when you're at your lowest. They'll see you at your highest. True. They'll see you at your, at your lowest. <clears throat> like you said, you're making four thousand dollars. Everybody's laughing at you, man. Like, who the fuck is this guy? What the fuck is he trying to do? You know, just like cave in, go get a regular job, do what everybody yeah. else is doing. You know, and you're like, fuck that. I know I meant for more. And what you did is you invested into personal development. You invested into learning skills, network marketing that would help you ultimately grow. And bro, seven years <laughs> before you cracked the seven figure mark. So statistically, I didn't even make seven. It was seven years to get six figures. I Forget about right. seven, seven figures I thought was never going to happen, but six figures after seven years, man, I was a loser, bro. <laughs> I suck so bad. I wow. tell you all the time, it, Ivan, yeah. if any of your audience can suck as bad as I did, if they can suck as bad <laughs> as I did, I, nobody was worse than me, man. My, I couldn't communicate right. My Everything yeah. about me was off, man. And so yeah. I tell people, you cannot be as bad as I was. <laughs> it's impossible. No, I was just horrific, man. I, and again, the cool thing back then, though, mentors mm -hmm. could talk to you a certain way. Like they could be hard on you. Like my mentors say, look, get it together. Don't don't fucking call me back. And I'm like, oh, and yeah, yeah. now you can't tell people the truth because the truth hurts people a little bit. And if you tell them the truth, they get mad at you and they put you on blast, you know, on, on Google <laughs> and you know, social media. I'm like, all right, you're great. Let me just coddle you and. You know, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, shit, they're never going to make it because they, you know, people isn't that fucked up. Like pe people oh. hate hearing the truth, man. They just want to hear what they want to hear because our egos are too damn big. And and yeah, we, we live lies, man. My, my mentor used to say you're living a life, you know, this this uh, well, we in the neighborhood, we call it false flag. And you're pretending you were something you weren't, um, you know, fake facades. You could break with a rubber hammer, man. Just super fragile. Not much there. Easily hurt. Easily offended. That's why we got the murder rates around the, 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 the world are going up and up. We're so easily offended, man. We're emotional wrecks. You know, we, yeah. you look at somebody wrong in the club and they want to fight. I'm like, bro, aren't you in a nightclub to dance and have a good time? Maybe pick up some girls. <laughs> you not trying to be all hard. What's wrong with you? Man? That's exactly it, man. People are very egocentric, very emotional. And I think it's getting worse and worse in our society, which could be a completely different discussion. But you're absolutely right. And we're talking about clubbing. It's been a good part of my life in the nightclubs, man. So I get it. It's like that's why we connect. That's why we, I think maybe that's why we connect. I did too. <laughs> it might have been that. Yeah. So um, but let's talk a little bit more on the business side, man. So like you're you're getting Jim Brown. 
you know, you're getting to pick up less brown, you know, like shit is happening for you, right? So like, let's talk about some of the companies. I don't know if you're still involved in them nowadays, but like some of the early companies, you know, that you started out and, and are they still active? Yeah, so look, what happened was the the network marketing company I was involved with started to produce cash flow for me without me being involved anymore. That was the beauty of it. I had to work my ass, ass off in the beginning. I didn't know people hated network marketing. I didn't know that they had issues with it. I didn't know it was a bad thing. And, and, and still, it's not a bad thing. It was always just a perception thing. And people got introduced the wrong way. But whatever, that's all not a topic. But at a certain point, it turned into a cash flow machine that just wouldn't stop. I'd wake up in the morning like, damn, there's another 10 grand. There's 15 grand. Later on, I was waking up to a quarter million dollars overnight because South Korea team blew up. Australia blew up. This money was being made while I was sleeping. So it allowed me to go make a lot of mistakes in business. So I've had nightclubs, restaurants, mixed martial arts, cage fighting companies, publishing companies. You, you name it. I probably Holy I've been shit. In, yeah, pri private jet companies. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, had, I've invested and, and been a part of a lot of businesses yeah. because I had a safety net. So I could take a portion. If I made, if I made a quarter million dollars this month, I could go take 20, 30, 40,000, go and invest in something and, and kind of, you know, let's see where this thing goes. Most of them were failures, to be honest. None of them ever, I ne none of them ever became the cash flow machine that I had from those, those earlier ventures. And that, you know, that really changed everything for me. Cause I like, I like, you know, sleeping till I'm done sleeping. I like, you know, doing whatever I want. I, I didn't want to just be rich. I wanted to be rich in time because I have a lot of rich friends. And I noticed, man, they, they go into an office. I'm, I'm allergic to cubicles. Like I, I get around a cubicle. I start to itch man. and I'm like, oh, I don't know how people do this. So I knew I needed time freedom. I knew I needed to be able to work from where I wanted Wi-Fi in a dream, baby. I wanted to be able to work from wherever I was. I didn't want to have to go into an office every day because a lot of my friends, that's what they were doing. And it, it looks great. But if you talk to their kids, you realize, man, yeah, daddy's rich. Everybody knows them. A lot, you would know a lot of my friends. They're big, all, you know, yep. they're big, big names. Yep. They're not, they don't have the, they didn't have the time freedom. I wanted, what I did not like about my traditional business, especially the restaurants and nightclubs, man, I almost died doing that shit. Uh, literally <laughs> almost died. Well, I was there. I was yep. there. And, and it took away from my time, my relationships. And then I, I went back to the very thing that made me the big money. And I'm, I'm writing a book on it right now. I'll let you know, Ivan, when the book comes out, I'm writing okay. a book on, on that, that profession and, and why the perception is the way it is and what people don't understand mm -hmm. about it and how to use it to really build your dream life and, and to have time freedom and finance freedom. That's the game, Ivan. That's the fucking game. Yeah. So let me, here's a, here's a, another question I want to ask you because man, like most people, I heard you say seven years which by the way, historically, I think even nowadays, most entrepreneurs fail four years in, they cave in, they fall because shit gets too hard. You know, there's too many challenges. You were even saying it like, I'm making some money and then I invested it. And most of those were failures, but I knew I needed to invest into it because the only way I would know if something would work is to invest into it, spend some money into it, see if it will be fruitful, right? But let's face it, you've done, I mean, leading up to where you are today, you've done a lot of different things. But what keep what keeps you going? Like, do you, do you just wake up every day and you're like, I'm excited, I'm thrilled, shit's gonna happen today? What keeps you going? Yeah, you know, I think there's a, there's a few things now. I, I always say, figure out why. The how will the how will work itself out if you figure out why you're doing something. So early on, I said I had to get out of that neighborhood. That was a big driver for me because 
you know, I, when, when I was sitting on that bullpen floor in Milwaukee County jail, I have a two-year-old back, back home. Yeah. And I have, I have tattooed on my arm. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I heard that prior to going into that and it kept playing in my mind. I can't even take care of the one kid I have, much less children's children. I said, I got to, I got to figure this shit out. So that was my first why get out of the neighborhood. Then now I have four daughters. So of course that's a big driver. I want to live long, bro. I want to, I, I just, yeah. my, my oldest daughter is, is 30. She just got married. I have three more daughters. I want to be there for the weddings. I want to be there for the kids. I, I don't want to be like, after I crossed 50 years old, I was like, I don't want to be the guy in the rocking chair drooling on himself with a blankie. You know what I'm saying? I want to be, I want to have yeah. more energy now. I want to run faster, farther. I want to be out. I want to, I want to do this thing. I want to take it all in when I have the resources to really enjoy it. So now it's my kids. I have a beautiful, incredible wife. You know, we got to see the world. We got a lot, lot to do. This stuff drives me every day, man. I, I, I want to share. And now like I had all the car, all the stuff, you name it. I've had it. Rolls Royces, all the things that people think they want for me. Now it's, it's the experiences. Cause you hear, you know what I've figured out, Ivan, I have a 13 year old daughter. And we hung out. We went to the beach house in Mexico when she came to visit me a couple of weeks ago. She remembers all the stuff around the beach house, the playing on the beach, the things we did, the jet skiing. Yep. He does not remember the Christmas gift even from last year, from the year before. You know, I mean, one year ago, she can't remember what, what, what she got. Nobody remembers the stuff and nobody really gives a shit. The new car smell wears off very quickly. So now for me, yeah. it's, it's about experiences and then the people that i love yeah i want them to have something i want them to know what it's like to to go to israel to be to 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 be in south korea and experience the culture you know what i'm saying i yeah. that's the stuff that drives me now and, and unfortunately it takes more money now than ever before so you the, the two are experiences now are connected directly to cash in a lot of ways now look we've had great experiences going on a picnic mm -hmm. in the park so you right. there's, there's a lot of stuff you can do and you know until but some of the coolest shit, you know, if you got if you got the wherewithal to, to put your family on a first class flight and head to Dubai or something, that's a that's a game changer. That shit, they'll ne they will never, ever forget. Or like there's a little town in Wisconsin called Wisconsin Dells. It's like this town that's like yes. a, they got go karts and roller coasters. Yep. We go every year and we always talk about it. It's it's one of the best trips ever. And we go and I and I've been going there since I was a kid. And, and those experiences I love anyways. You know, I well, get going. Once you get me on a, you ask me a question, bro. I just, just run. John, I, well, I want to touch upon the experience, yeah. uh, a statement that you made because I'm a father. You know, I have a six year old and a four year old myself, and I'm also Bulgarian. So I was born in Eastern Europe. So when you were talking about experience, which is a huge part of how I try to live my life and also how to try, try to run my business also. But the fact that you said that, signifies the extreme importance of like modern business and how it needs to be more experiential, you know, because that's what people remember. You even said that with your own kids, you know, like didn't remember the gift, but remembered everything that you did on that trip. And I think that's really important, you know, not just in life, but also in business because people remember experiences, you know, it's um, uh, we, we had a, a death in the family a couple of years ago and um it was so ironic that you, you're you talking about experience and how important it is. And like the last phone call I had with this family member, it was on my wife's side of the family. I heard regret, man. I heard regret, 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 regret. I wish I would have taken more golf trips. I wish I would have hang out more with my friends. I wish I would have, you know, started a side business that I was doing, you know, like 
regret, regret, regret. And it's like, like you said, I heard you say, you said, I don't want to be that guy who's sitting on the rocking chair drooling because, and then thinking about, well, what if I did that? Because regret is the worst fucking feeling, you know, in the world. So I'm glad that you talked about it, but. Bro, so let me tell you something. So, so Jim yeah. Rohn, this is where this came. This is really this, what you just, you just triggered something that I, that I, I live by Jim Rohn way, the way back. It was one of the, the first things I, I learned. He said, there's, there's two pains in life, the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. He said, discipline weighs ounces, but regret weighs tons. And he and he taught that slight edge philosophy. If, if you'll just Pay the price of discipline. Little simple business every single day. It doesn't take much to read 10 pages of a book. Easy to do, but also easy not to do. But if you string those little discipline, it doesn't take much to pick the, the better quality food over the shit food. And the challenge is most people will, will take the easy road. But they're both easy in the grand scheme of things. But one compounds positive effects and leads to success. The other, those those the opposite of simple Disciplines practice every day is simple judgments, simple uh, lack of judgment. And, and it's these little errors we do every single day. And they compound too. And that's why people end up like considered failures. I don't think anyone's ever a failure until you finally give up completely. But those little lack of discipline every day leads to failure. But but disciplines right. every day lead to success. And, and it was those little things. When I was making 4000 I made $4,000 a year. I was, I was reading the books though. I was... I was compounding these disciplines. I was getting out of bed early. I took the TVs out of my house. I was compounding um, simple disciplines every single day so I wouldn't have to live a life of regret. So that when you when you said that, as soon as you said it, I was like, man, that, that was embedded in my head so much. Yeah. And people live these, like you said, man, I, I, have, I know a lot of people that, you know, they, they, they went to their grave with their music still in them. And, you know, books never written, businesses never started, all this potential, man, that, that could have happened just a little bit every day, a little bit every day. And one day, all of a sudden you wake up like, damn, this, this is working. This is happening. Uh, but you don't see it in the beginning. That's the, that's the problem. In the beginning, if you take two 20-year-olds and one's eating a Big Mac every day and French fries and the, the, the McFlurry or whatever, and the other one is not, and they're going to the gym and they're doing a little thing. They look about the same. You know, at 20, we look about the same, man. We could party all night and be ready to roll the next day. But at some point that, that there's a, there's a, something happens and all of a sudden yeah. one goes one direction and then it, it happens exponentially. A lot of times where all of a sudden like, damn, that, then we're saying they got lucky. No, he didn't get lucky. He was doing the little disciplines every single day while you weren't. While, while you were fucking around at the beach, I was reading, you know, a book. I was studying the craft. I was becoming yeah. better. So I was preparing for the day. So I would be worthy of the success that was inevitable if I kept doing these things. Anyways. Uh, so powerful, man. <clears throat> so powerful. That right there. And I mean, where do I start? Regret is the worst fucking feeling in the world. And, and that's something that I know personally, personally had regrets. I'm sure I'll have more regrets as yeah. a human, but I think what we're talking about here is one thing that I've seen in business specifically is uh, people who go from seven to eight and even eight to nine figure businesses, like they maybe become really good at actually generating revenue, but at some point they kind of apply it to, and they forget about the things that you just talked about. Like they, they side them, right? It's like they stop reading books. They stop going to the gym. They stop eating right. You know, they're like, Oh, I got to grind. I got to make money. I got to close deals. And here's you talking about Jim Rohn 
most world renowned, you know, personal development slash coaches out there was talking about the importance of like feeding your mind. Because if you feed your mind and you educate yourself, like you said, people are fucking around and partying. You're reading a book or you're you're creating your business plan. You're doing things that's going to set you up for freedom and and freedom for like 50, 60, 70 years old. And you say, you know what? I don't have to do what I do today. I can live a life of go travel, more experiences and whatnot, because you can because you spent two, three decades setting up for this. And that's what I think a lot of modern entrepreneurs don't understand is that you got to plan, you got to feed your mind. At least that's what I'm hearing from you and invest in yourself, invest in yourself in every way, because you don't want to be, you know, 70 years old in your deathbed. And you're like, oh, fuck, my time is yeah. up about to punch a card. You're done. You're finito, you know? And that's, and that is it, man. We all know, we all know those stories. We all have them in our families. Yeah. And- yeah. Coulda, I have a tattoo on my leg. It says coulda, shoulda, woulda famous last words. And cause I hear it all the time, man. I hear people hit me up like, John, I'm joining your company. I'm going to join the business with you. I want to be mentored. I'm going to go to the top and all this bullshit they say. And then when it's time to show up for practice or get on one zoom for an hour or go through our, our onboarding, getting started, right. Training it's crickets there. Where are they? You just told me how bad you wanted and what you're going to do. And you didn't do shit. It's coulda, shoulda, woulda. Famous last words. And that's, and people like, people have like this wishbone, you know, and they like that. That's the reason why the lottery gets so big. How many times now have we seen the lottery get up to 900 million, a billion? I've never, <laughs> when I was a kid or when I it was never a billion dollar lottery. Why? Yep. Because everybody wants fast money. They don't want to do shit for it. They don't want to become better. They don't get it that it's thinking, becoming, then doing. That's how yep. you get it. It's yep. like everyone's trying to do all of a sudden they're trying to skip all the steps. You can't skip the steps and become a millionaire. Now you can, if you do win the lottery, but we see the people that get, that get the lottery and they end up worse off after the lottery because they didn't become a millionaire. You didn't become worthy of what you got. God's going to take it away or the universe, whatever you want. Yep. It's going to get taken away from you because yep. you, you didn't become that person. And, and I was just, I, I was very fortunate because it got taken away from me just so you know, twice, like this isn't just this, this all of a sudden happened. It didn't happen. And when it did yep. happen, I was still fucking up. I was still, I still had some bad behaviors I had to work through. I still had some of these things and and I lost it, man. My ego, I have a tattoo, you know, now it says ego is the enemy. And, and I remember it wasn't even that much money at one point. At one point, I think I, I was making 15, 20 grand a month. And I was like a jerk, bro. I, I became like, all of a sudden I, I, I became something that I didn't want to become. And I thought I was the shit. I thought I was the man. And I had a mentor, Jeff Olson, who wrote the book, Slight Edge. Jeff said, he said, bro, you are, you forgot where you came from. And yeah. if you keep going this way, you're going to end up right back where you were. And that's, that hit me hard. I was like, I do not want to go back, but you know, like anything I, I and I lost it. The, the good news was, is how I got it was hard earned. It was, it, it, I had to become something to get it. So I knew the formula, but I had to humble myself again. I had to humble myself down. I had to figure out, okay, where, where am I missing? You know, who can I learn from? And that's, that's a challenge when you're young too, is like, we think we know everything, you know, it's, it's hard to listen to the old head yeah. because you know, what does he know? Uh, but you yeah. find out man, that that wisdom, that wisdom is valuable, especially like, you know, I, I believe we're heading into a recession. I believe, you know, in some cases, in some markets, we, we might be there already. Yeah. You find out really quick who, who got lucky and who didn't you find out really quick, you know, at that point, because I watched people in 2008, 9, 10, 11 wiped out. Big, big yeah. balls. 
millionaires, you know, got to bust tables or wait tables at Applebee's. So it can, no matter how big of a big shot you have or how much money you have, we've seen all those stories wiped completely out. And yeah. you, you got you to gotta become worthy. And, and I think humble, you know, checking the ego, it's a hard thing to do, especially when you make money, because people all talk to you like you're something special. They open doors for you. You don't wait in line anymore. Uh, you don't have to even spend your money anymore. And you just think you're somebody. And you start, if you let that go to your head, it's just a matter of time. And if you fall, they'll start kicking you if you had a big ego, but if you were humble on the way and you help people along the way, you know what I mean? And you were cordial doors open up really fast. If you have that fall, because right? I've, I've experienced both ends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which, you know, you, you actually led up to the specific question that I, I want to narrow down and ask you. I mean, you're absolutely right about everything you said, because once you start to rise up, people treat you differently. You're associated with different circles, you know, different perception, right? Like suddenly you go from, you know, the kid that was making 4,000 a year to what the fuck is rolling around in a Rolls Royce. He's got a beach house. Like what the fuck, who is this guy? Right. So, which kind of brings me to, okay, we're in 2023. And what I want to know from you, cause you've done a lot of shit, man. Like you've, you've won, you've lost, you've experienced a lot, but if we look at modern entrepreneurship, right, whether you're six to seven, seven to eight, eight to nine figure business owner, like are there specific traits that you think people need to have in order to be successful in business? Yeah, um, I, I think there's, there's, a, there's a lot of traits that, that you need to have and you don't need all of them in the beginning. But as your business grows, you're going to have to grow. You're going to have and, and and I'm not necessarily saying you have to you have to focus in on your weaknesses. In the beginning, you don't have time to focus in on your weaknesses. So you got to figure out where you're strong. You know what I mean? And you got to have a couple of things to be successful. Characteristics you have to have. You have to have a burning desire. Like you have to wake up in the morning like on fire. Like I, I had this burning white hot desire to change my circumstances. That was the most important thing I figured out later on and everything else. So burning desire. The second part, which has been a little bit challenging for us, is willing to work. That dirty four-letter word called work, <laughs> that is still alive and well in 2023. You are going to have to work. I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, unless you got some crazy, you know, rap skills. I was out, I was out on a yacht in Miami on Saturday with, with uh, Millie's. The, 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 no the rap shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can spit. like, unless you got some talent like, like that, which I don't, I, I was joking, but I said, look, I remember back in the day, I wanted to be a rapper so bad, but Eminem shows up and you know, you can only have one good white rapper at a time. So I was going to wait. Now all of a sudden Millie's shows up another good, great white rapper. I'm like, I, yeah. I, I got to like 75 before I can, you know, get the mic. I'm, I'm practicing, but anyways, <laughs> unless you got a, unless you got some just incredible skills, but even that man, these guys are working. I was there with him and his team. They're, yeah. they're hustling, you know, they're, they, they still got to put the piece together. So you got to have burning desire, willing to work. And I already said this, the definition of humble is coachable. If you, in the beginning, those are the three you have to have. If you have those three characteristics, man, you can get a foundation locked in, rock solid. And then, man, from there, then you start to, you know, you're going to have to have character because charisma can get you in the door. Character will keep you in. So a lot of care, you see a lot of charismatic people get in, all of a sudden, where are they? They're, they're gone because they didn't have the character to keep them in. So integrity is going to be important. What are you doing once you're in, when you're in the mix? How are you treating people? Do you keep your word? Do you show up when you say, do you show up on time? I, I learned from a guy named Dave Lice 
powerhouse insurance uh, guy owns insurance company. Me and my little guy, our, my little group, we showed up late for a, a session with him to learn some stuff. And he basically said, bro, I, I won't teach you nothing. You don't, you don't waste my time. You came, you came late. It's over. <laughs> I was like, whoa, we we're like 15 yep. minutes late, which I didn't think was a big deal because I was back then I was late for everything. But to him, time was his most value. And he was about to share his time with us for free. So he yep. waited till we he waited till we showed up, me and like four other guys. He actually got up once we got there, told us, you wasted my time. It's over. And he walked out. Now, today, him and I are friends. And I, and I respected that so much. And I learned a valuable lesson. Like, don't do not waste. Don't waste other people's time. But your time is just as valuable and put a value on that. Anyway, so all these things I started to develop, these were characteristics yeah. that really started to, to happen as I was growing. But burning desire, willing to work and coachable or the definition of humble. Man, those characteristics can take you a long way in the beginning and open up a lot of doors for you. So these, these, I mean, they're very basic fundamentals, but most people fail to execute on them, let alone even see the importance of them. But what you're saying is these fundamentals are ultimately what has helped you go from, you know, that kid dark past to, you know, building these multi-million dollar businesses and basically creating the life that you always dreamed of and never thought was even possible until you kind of opened up your mind and said, Says who? Me. I, I'm limiting myself by saying, who goes to show that I can't have a big house? I can't have a happy life. I can't have a successful marriage, a happy marriage. Who says uh, I, I can't make a lot of money and, and do all these things that otherwise society says that, no, you were talking about cubicles earlier, like, fuck, I'd get claustrophobic and shit like that. Like, how can someone sit in, in a space like that and think that's normal? We're humans. We're not meant to sit in a fucking space. We're meant no. to go out and create shit. And so what you're saying, actually, from what I'm hearing you say, is these are all powerful fundamentals that regardless if you're just starting out and building that foundation for your business, for your life, or you're already at, let's say, seven or even eight figures. And now you're like, all right, how do I get to nine or ten? Well, Stay humble, right? Is what you're saying. Stay humble to your core and foundation because don't waste people's time. Very important because that's the one thing that we never get back of. And I admire that because even if it's just five minutes or even a minute for showing up late, it's like you're a minute late. I will not get that minute back. Yep. I will not get that minute back. So very, very powerful. Um, well, you know important time is you have two kids, bro. They, they, that's what they want most from you. It, the kids want our time, period. End of story. And every time, the time I'm investing with you, Ivan, right now, and yeah. whoever ends up tuning into this, this is time I can't get back. So that's why I choose, I pick and choose where I put my time very carefully. I believe in this because I, there might be one person that catches this and that could be the person that, that makes the impact or you, who knows, man, we, I wish I had this when I was coming up. And now look, I'm in my fifties. And I'm learning every day. Look, AI is coming big. I, I want to be part of that. I, I, yeah. I, so, so five years ago, I caught on social media was moving the needle for a lot of people and that that there's a billion people on these platforms. This might be a way to really leverage some time and energy. And I'm like, yeah. I need to figure out that game. You know, yeah. so so you if you stay in learning mode, if you stay in that mode and you stay humble enough and open enough, it's amazing what can happen. And then if then as you're compounding wisdom over the years, so if you're going from 20 to 30 and you've had all these failures along the way and you've learned from them and now you have some often you get a success here, success there. Now all of a sudden you're going into your 40s and 50s and you're compounding that information 
and the, the things that didn't work and did work. Now you're taking new technology that makes things work faster. So what I can do today with the new tech, I got, I got a Fortune 500 company right here on this. I can run a Fortune 500 company from this. You know yep. what I'm saying? You couldn't do that 10 years ago. The, the, the technology we have today, man, you, you can be anywhere. You can scale around the world today, and it's only getting faster and better. So you can either embrace that and be humble and say, look, I got to figure this out. Let me, let me take a little time to study this. Stay in the game and go after it, man. It's, you, you can't be messed with it. My, my friend Stormy Wellington, I heard her on a, a, a live this morning talking about being un, unfuckwittable. Unfuckwittable. <laughs> I think that's how she said Unfuckwittable. I, I like, love that. I you love that. Unfuckwittable when you're feeding this. <laughs> And you're moving forward and you're embracing this stuff. So, yeah, it's cool. You know, as you're talking about all these different things, and first of all, I I appreciate the fuck out of your time. I really do. Because I know, like you said, you pick and choose. And that was a specific reason why I reached out to you is because based on the impression that you created, I was like, this dude is fucking legit. Like, he's done some shit. I can't wait to unpack this. I know other people are going to listen to this. It's so ironic you said because there was one person in the past, actually, prior to relaunching this podcast, that little went from almost getting fired, you know, uh, at his job to doing, I think, a million and a half in the first year being an Amazon reseller because wow. he kept listening to older versions of this podcast. And to your point, one wow. person, man, you can change the life of one person. And ju just by helping them change their perception and mindset. And that's exactly what you're doing on this episode. You know, there's going to be at least one person who's going to listen or watch this and be like, well, fuck. Like you said, if John can fail for seven years before he sees a glimpse, then maybe my life is not so fucking bad after all. Because people look at that, man. Like people look Dude. at that like my life sucks. No, your life don't suck. You got a roof over your fucking head. Shut the fuck up. You know, you, 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 you got heat, you, you got AC, you know, here we are, we're on mics, we're spitting knowledge, you're spitting knowledge on a podcast, people get to consume it. it's like, your life don't fucking suck, man. Oh, you know what? So I, I, I was on the plane going to Miami and then coming back. There's a show called 1883 mm -hmm. and it's about like pioneers back in the West in, in the year 1883, their life sucked. Yeah. I look at what we, I don't care the, how poor you are, how bad you think you have it to go from Fort Worth, Texas to Portland, Oregon in a wagon train, man, death and destruction everywhere. The odds of you making it were slim to none. And if you didn't get there by winter, you were probably going to die. And it is amazing what they went through. And it's inspired. The show is inspiring me because I'm like, and, and we just touched on something that, that I, that I heard last night coming back on yeah. the plane, Miami, the dude said, the two main characters said, why do you, why do we, why do you do this? Because it's hard. Like you're, you're the, uh, you're going to probably die. Rattlesnakes can get you. The river's going to get you. The Indians are going to get you. The bandits are going to, there's, it's every time you turn around, something's going to get you. He said, cause if we can get one person, if one person goes from this, they're bad because they're doing this to escape, you know, lack of freedom. They're, you know, this, these guys yeah. are from Germany. Yeah. They, they weren't even allowed to swim. Like if, if you swam, you, you weren't even allowed to learn how to swim in Germany in 1883. And so my point is, and then all the other stuff he had, and he said, if we can just get one person that can change the world. So that's why he was doing this, doing these wagon, you know, train, train, what, whatever they call yeah. them. And he said, all, what if one kid, one family comes up and they're the ones that make the world a better place. And I thought, man, it's, in, it's an interesting deal because it only takes one of us. I only took one. It only took one Malat to change the Malat family tree. And 
and to be building the legacy that will one day my children's children will benefit from. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's and, it, and if you start thinking, if you go from thinking about success, which is adding value to self, then to significance, which is adding value to others, and then the ultimate, the next, the the the, the final level is legacy, where you're now in the game, but you're doing it for not for the money anymore not for the fame or the recognition you're doing it because man we can make the world a better place we can make somebody else better that maybe carries the torch you get you get my point man it's it's powerful when you start to think about it but being grateful for the roof over the head the food in the belly man the ability to to walk outside to see yeah. to hear to taste to smell we take all this shit for granted man you know, here we are, we're talking about mindset. We're talking about personal development. And I feel like there's a lot of people in business, John, like you were talking about um, the last big recession, 2008, 2009, these big ballers that literally crashed and burned. And you said they were, but they're busting tables in Applebee's just, you know, to, to pay their electric bill, you know, because shit literally came crashing down so fucking badly. But we're talking about all of this, man. And like, I feel like there's a period in, in time where people, you know, get a taste you know, in business and they're like, oh, making, like you said, the 15, 20 K and you became an ass at the time. People are like, John, remember where the fuck you came from? Right. Like trying to yeah. keep you grounded. Cause you got a taste, man. You got a taste. You're like, I'm making some money. I can pay my bills. I can even splurge some, you know, I can go out and party, you know, I can do whatever, you know, I got money coming in. Right. But you're also talking about the importance of, like you said, legacy, which I think is so powerful and something that I resonate with is because once I think a lot of people get to the top, I think they forget and they're like, fuck legacy. You know, I'm living my my own life. There's a lot of people like that who are not necessarily pursuing legacy. Like you said, it's important because how are you going to impact your family? Are you going to change the world? What things are you going to do? Because let's face it, man, when you're fucking dead, people remember you by legacy. Yeah, that's what they remember you by. What did you do for other people? How did you impact the world? And suddenly it's like, well, maybe he wasn't such a bad person, you know, because he did all these cool things that changed, you know, maybe it's the little thing that you created an impact in someone's life. They remember that, that experience. They remember how it impacted their business, how it impacted the environment, you know, or even industries for that matter. Because what you're doing right now with your business, man, you're fucking disrupting industries, bro. Like just completely disrupting, which I love because I believe that the way that you should push forward is through disruption. And you of all people know about disruption because that's literally what you've done in the last 15, 20 years. Like everybody said that you should do this. And you're like, fuck that. I'm doing my own thing over here because I believe in this. Right. Yeah. I believe in it. I know it's going to be beneficial. I know it's going to take a lot of fucking time. It's going to take a lot out of me, you know, to make this happen which actually brings me to differentiation because you talked about a lot of different things that are mindset driven, personal development, but in 2023, what do you think in terms of differentiating yourself, not just on a personal level, but on the business front, like what should people be thinking about? What are some things that you think are very important? Well, first, first off, you, you've got to be thinking about technology in two when we're heading into a, uh, a something I've never seen, and none of us have ever seen, obviously, you you see what's happening with artificial intelligence, for example. Yeah, like there are going to be a lot of people displaced by artificial intelligence, but there's also going to be a lot of people that benefit tremendously. So you you have you can make a decision on what side you're going to be on. 
you know, and for me, I'm seeing the power of artificial intelligence and whether I like it or not, it's coming. Like I, there's no choice. There, you don't have a choice. You could, you can hate it, but you can go the way of the dinosaur too. So you gotta, you have to, I don't care how, I don't care if someone's on here is 80 years old right now saying, well, I'm struggling with this stuff. You, you can take a little bit of time and figure out how to use this technology for your benefit because it can, it can be a time saver. It can be a leverage creator. And you have to be thinking about leverage today because if not, you're always going to trade your time for someone else's dollars. And that can be frustrating. I'm always looking for ways to get leverage in my life. And then to use systems that keep driving income so that I have a cash flow stream happening 24 hours, seven days a week. So for me, the biggest thing right now, as I'm going to 2023, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about technology. How do I use technology? You know, I have a, I have a business that we're just disrupting yep. Yep. The, the supplement industry with snap packs. We love it. I, I did it because I had health challenges 14 years ago that led me into getting sugar out of my diet, changing everything, you know, from a, a, a health standpoint, because I want to be around. I want to live. I want to live. And I don't want to just live. I don't want the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies to keep me alive. I want to thrive. I want to, I want to be that guy, 70 years old, running marathons and, and, and I love it. still having sex. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Hell Yeah in the game bro i want my test i don't like we got 20 year olds like today the testosterone has dropped and statistically in half you got 20 year olds that have testosterone levels of women 50 years ago women had higher testosterone 50 years ago than guys have today in their 20s i mean it's 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 and it, a lot of us because we're consuming all of these you know we got entrepreneurs that have created some massive food companies publicly traded companies that produce you know Tobacco companies bought, you know, Kraft and RJ Nabisco, and they yep. figured out Starbucks has 29 chemicals in a cup of coffee. That's not a cup of coffee. That's an experiment to see how, how much can we put into a cup of coffee? How little coffee can we actually put in a cup of coffee? Then throw 100 grams of sugar in there, addict them like crazy. And they're sl we're slowly becoming like soy-based bodies, estrogen-filled men. I'm like, I studied yep. all this stuff. And I said, I'm going to create a company for me to thrive. And, and after all the studying I did over the last 12 years, I almost died. When I had the nightclub and I had the restaurant, I almost killed myself in that environment. It's too much. Yeah. It was too much, man. And I, and I, but I got, I got with natural pass. I started to study nutrition and health and wellness. And we're addicted to sugars. You can't, these kids, they will not touch anything that doesn't taste right in their mouth. Now they're missing yeah. out on some incredible experiences. They're missing out on some incredible vitamins, minerals, herbs, spices, nutrients, that can really transform the body. They're missing out because we gave, we, you know, we gave the little baby a little sugar, you know, when, and she lit up and it was all cute and stuff, but yeah. we didn't realize same chemical reaction in the brain as if we were doing cocaine, we're setting our kids up highest rates of obesity, diabetes amongst children. It's the first time ever in our history. The next generation of kids have an 11 to 20 year less lifespan than the generation before because wow. of carbohydrate and sugar addiction to the max and we're responsible yeah. we fucked them up because everything has to taste good and feel good if it doesn't taste good and feel good i don't want it and and it's making us it's making men not men anymore uh um, you know <clears throat> not to not to interject you, you yeah no no i'm sorry no you mentioned this is really important because first of all um i i got on the t-shot actually personally six months ago and i'm 43 actually i'm gonna be 43 tomorrow and 
what you were talking about is what I didn't know is just that after the age of 33, most men's testosterone drops by 50%. Now, what does that really mean? And this is all public knowledge you can find on Google. Yeah. <clears throat> literally talks about like a focus, lack of energy, uh, lack, lack of sex, like everything literally that's affected. But what do, what do traditional companies tell us? Like, well, no, don't take testosterone, you know, because it's not good for it. It's like, well, you can't sleep right because your T's low. And then if you're someone like me being an Eastern European, bro, I grew up on fucking sugar and chocolate. <laughs> yes. Like, in fact, actually, nobody in my entire family has worked out in, day in, in, in my life. And here I am like this morning. I burned 450 calories on fasted cardio. I'm about to run my first half Ironman in 2023 at 43 years old. Yeah, I love like it. it's just like you were talking about, but this is so important because people don't understand. Because, bro, I talk to some people that are like you said, high rollers. They don't even do half the shit that I'm doing, like fitness mindset, and they just think that you know I'm always going to be making money, right? So why do I need to go to a gym? Why do I need a healthier? Why should I ditch sugar, right? And which, by the way, I want to talk a little bit about Oh Snap because you put off the yeah. pack. Talk a little bit about that in that company, because a lot of people actually don't even know about Oh Snap. Yeah, nobody knows. That's the beauty of it. We're about <laughs> two years old, and, and we've just—I'm I'm really big on getting the foundation right philosophically. All those pieces have to come together. Yeah. We're now at the point where I feel real confident. We've got the one and only machine that that produces what are called snap packs. Because I learned 13 years ago, I, I was 40. I had uh, right around 40. I had a major health issue, like I, literally making plans. Like I'm making arrangements. I can't get out of bed. Too, imagine me can't get out of bed. Like I, yeah. something's clearly messed up. Uh, I, I went through all the traditional doctors, things like that. They put me on pharmaceuticals. I was just getting worse and worse and worse. Um, big money involved, but I, because of me in the pursuit of money, I damaged my health. I have a friend. He says, you should go see my friend, this naturopath. I thought a naturopath is like a witch doctor, like, Oh, some voodoo shit's going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, oh. But at that point I was desperate. Yeah. The naturopath turned me on to like, I was vitamin D deficient. Uh, matter of fact, check this out. The traditional doctors only asked me questions about like lineage, my genealogy. So they blamed my condition on my dad and my grandfather left me off the hook completely. It wasn't had nothing to do with me. What? Didn't have to drinking, my sugar intake, none of that. And they said, no problem. We got some pharmaceutical drugs. We're going to put you on. We're going to take care of this. It made me worse. The naturopath had the gall to blame me. Like, the, it's yeah. your sugar. It's the alcohol. It's the the lack of vitamin D, your magnesium. You got all these chemicals in your blood, all this stuff. She said, you did this to you. It's not your dad's fault, not your granddaddy's fault. You did this because basically yeah. and, and now I believe death, death is a disease that 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 we can prevent for a long, long, long time. We should go yeah. one day in our sleep of old age for real. Not because cancer got us not. And again, some, sometimes we're just people are kids sometimes dealt a bad hand. We can't explain that the, the anomalies, but yeah, most of the shit that we're dying from and getting sick from, we could prevent diabetes is, is one, one of the most preventable things out there. And right now they're talking about over 50% of the population is diabetic. Some estimate almost 70% pre die in the Western world. We oh, are shit. literally eating ourselves to death and we're, and, Look, so I, I was like, I'm going to create when I discovered like gummies, gummies are the worst because they're, they're you don't absorb much of it. And they're just appealing to our addiction. Four grams of sugar or, or a bunch of sucralose is not is not serving you thinking you got some vitamins in that right, gummy. Right. Get rid of that crap. Garbage. I, I did the study there. Pills and powders. Absorption was the thing. OK, you're not absorbing as much. 
So liquid, I caught on very quickly. Liquid was going to be the most absorbable for my system, but it's not convenient. I travel a lot. I go to the gym. I can't carry a bottle with me. I got to refrigerate afterwards. So we came up with these snap packs and all you do, you, you snap it right to your mouth. Boom. I just got a shot of 700 milligrams of AC11, which is a, a telomere lengthening compound. I took it right from the clinical studies. I took the exact dosage from the clinical studies, put it in liquid form with, with a full dose of vitamin C. And, and this is the stuff that we have to have. You have to offset the damage we're doing because it's in the air. It's in the water. You can't yep. avoid it today. Yep. You can't you're gonna go out to eat, take your wife out on a dinner date. Yep. You're going to consume some shit that you're, you should offset. And so I just said, for me, it's offsetting. I'm not trying to disrupt people's lives and saying, you know, you got to do this. Like sometimes, you know, we get fanatical in our stuff. I'm not that way, even though it's vegan and sugar-free and dairy-free and gluten-free and chemical-free and all that. I'm not telling you like, this is the one cure-all thing. I'm saying it's part of, like you said, going to the gym, go outside and get some damn sun. Yeah. Have sex with your, with your wife, you know, yep. <laughs> live your life, yep. put on something positive. We're transforming minds first, bodies second, then bank accounts third. Everybody's focused on the bank accounts and they're wondering why their waistline is so bad. They're wondering why their cholesterol level is so bad. They're, they're, they're within inches of a fucking heart attack. So you make all this money for what, for what, for, you know, your, your wife's new boyfriend to enjoy. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Are, are all of them fucking die pretty much. Yeah, bro. I, so it's uh, it really is. It, it, it's a it's a game changer. Um, and we're you know, I do feel like we're disrupting in a way. And there are a lot of people. There's a lot of people that don't like it, but that's OK. Um, but we're collaborating with some, some killers in, in the athletic world. Um, Influences, my business partner, Cody, Cody Sperber, um, Terry LaCour, my wife. My wife is a fucking killer. I don't know if you've ever seen what she does in the, the health and wellness field. There's nobody. Naj. Yeah, Najla, Naj, but yeah, on Instagram is Naj. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, no, I've never met anybody in my life more disciplined, more committed, uh, more gangster with being what you say you are. And in that, in that yeah. space, yeah, she's unfuckwittable <laughs> for sure. It's, it's John. That, I follow I both it. of you, not to interject, and that's actually the one thing I love is because, like you said, that the commitment, the discipline that that you both have is. Uh, 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 the the word that you said I'm unfuckwittable unfuckwittable that's it unfuckwittable it absolutely (laughs) is man and so you were talking about I actually want to go back to um because I actually went through this you were talking about Starbucks so uh, there was someone that I talked to a couple years ago that was explaining to me how um, Starbucks coffee was twice burned and mind you I used to love my fucking lattes dude holiday lattes I would eat the shit out of those things and I'll be like six seven dollars I don't give a fuck I'll have it around you know Christmas time right but what I found out is like why am I getting heartburn every time I have one of those things mm-hmm. right and what I found out is that it was because the coffee was twice burned for darker richer flavor yet so much fucking acid in it they was giving me heartburn and now what the doctor was saying no, you just need to take some over-the-counter stuff for heartburn. No, <laughs> I stopped drinking Starbucks. I haven't drank Starbucks in probably at least two years now. No heartburn, John. Zero yeah. heartburn. I'm like, there's nothing fucking wrong with you. So, like, what you're talking about, though, uh, on a business level is so many people are like, how much money can I make? Because let's face it, it's Q1 in 2023, and everybody's like, money, 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 money. It's the last time of the year, tax season, right? How can I make more money, right? Because it's slow right now. It's slow. We're not bringing in as much cash. Some industries are a little different. Others won't. But what you're saying is like, 
Too many people are focused on the bank account instead of mind and body, because if you don't have mind and body, the bank account is not going to fucking come. Yep. Bro, don't. The first thing we should all be focusing on that I did not catch on to, that I didn't understand, because I always neglected it because I thought money was the most important thing. Then I caught on time is the most important thing. How do I get time? Well, I'm only going to get more time if I'm healthy, if I'm strong, if I'm vibrant, if I'm energetic. You know what I'm saying? How do I make more money? Look, energy, energy, energy creates movement. Movement creates momentum. Momentum creates money. So that's that's the key to this whole game is, is you got you got. And if and if you don't feel good and, and unfortunately around even now, it's younger. People start to accept a certain level of not feeling good. Like they didn't just talk. I'm just getting yeah. older. You accept some yeah. some joint pain. You accept like the heartburn. My dad used to suck on tums all day long. And like, I know that ain't good for you. And you start to accept these little things. I don't accept any of it. I accept none of it. I'm like, there is a herb, there's a spice, there's a mineral, there's something I'm deficient in. My body's trying to tell me now it's my job to listen. Cause in the scripts, it says, treat your body like a temple, not like a fucking woodshed. So let me figure out what do I have to do? Like, I don't know what anyone's beliefs. It doesn't matter. I'm not here to preach to anybody. I'm certainly not qualified, but there, there were stories of people living a long damn time back in the day when they didn't, they weren't sucking down Starbucks and chemicals and all this other stuff. And, and they were one with the, with the spirit and the, the, the lane and all this stuff. Now, yep. again, do what you want, but in, for me and my house, we're going to continue to put out like even our products. Like I, I refuse to put sugar or even worse sucralose. People see zero sugars. And they think they're doing something. I said, no, they're, they're, they're filling you up with sucralose now, which fucks up your gut even worse. So beware when you see zero sugars because it's cheap and it still has the flavor because they know you're addicted to it. I said, none of it. We won't put any of it. So if you yeah. can't take a little shot in your mouth that can move the needle in your health because, of, oh, it's it, it doesn't taste like fucking unicorn piss or cotton candy <laughs> rainbows. You know what I'm saying? Then, yes, then you don't deserve to be healthy. Then you're going to pay the consequences. It's the way it is. Yeah. I don't want to get up early some mornings and go do what I got to do. But I do it because I know I'm going to get either slapped or rewarded for the actions I take. It's exactly the same way in our health. So I created products that, yeah, maybe that first hit, you know, because your body has to adjust. It has to detox from all the bullshit because you're now addicted to all these chemicals, to all these sugars, to all these fake sugars, all this stuff, titanium dioxide, all this crap we put in our stomach. If you don't adjust, your body's going to slap the shit out of you. You're going to wake up and wish you had made those, what we talked about earlier, simple disciplines. It doesn't take much. You can snap one of these. Now you've offset some of the damage. Anyways, don't get me started on my own company, my product, bro. I'll go, I'll go hard on this. I love that, man. And, and it's, I love that you, you talked about it. That's why I asked this because, well, first of all, most people probably don't even know. That's why I wanted you to talk about it. And secondly, is this that, you know, talk about the benefit behind it is because what it does for you, because people don't understand, man. I mean, if you're a seven, eight, nine figure business owner and you're not investing or you've stopped investing in your mind, body, if you you start, stop going to the gym, stop eating healthy, dude, there's a lot of people out there like that. A lot of people. And they just think that, well, you know what, you know, I got assets, I got money. I don't need to go to the gym. I can just keep drinking a bottle of wine every night. You know, I can, I can eat a lot of steak or fat shit or burgers or whatever. And that's going to be cool. Right. But that shit's going to catch up with you. And when it does, you're going to regret the fuck out of it because like I see people, they'll start different programs. Right. And then they'll get a few days into them. They'll quit. And it's like, did you forget the commitment that you made to yourself? The discipline. 
Because if yeah. you're not doing that, you're definitely not, not going to amplify that into your business because it's going to catch up with you mentally. It already has because you quit too early. And so I love that you talked about that. And the last part that I want to talk about, so you've been involved in, in several businesses, obviously all snap primary focus right now. Let's talk a little bit about, cause you, you mentioned technology and AI. Let's talk a little bit about the marketing piece, man. Like I want to get your take on from a business standpoint, like, what things have you done marketing-wise? Where do you think the marketing falls into your business? And what things are you doing and trying now to really help, you know, springboard you and keep pushing forward? Well, yeah, of course, you know, marketing is, is probably, if I'm, if I'm known for anything, it's probably marketing, you know, because mm -hmm. every, the reason we got out in front of a lot of people and got traction is because we had good marketing. And a lot of times it wasn't me. It was, I learned early on, find good people you know, get a good team of people. So if, if I was weak in a particular, but I, you know, I, like now I, I, I've caught on marketing, marketing. The average entrepreneur spends so much time focused on like the facts in uh, the, the details and the information. And that's really what that's about 10, like that's going to move 10. That's like 10% of the process. Marketing is probably another 20 or 30%. So it's more, and it's in critical but for me, the game changer was relationship building where the most doors opened up were these relationships. Yeah. My friend, my friend, Cody Sperber introduced me to Eric spot for, you know, we were on, he's got a 92 foot yacht. We were on in Miami, hanging out with him. Those doors, those are relationships because we have a strong relationship and that leads me, then it opens the door for me to actually build a marketing campaign. And then they open up doors. You know what I'm saying? If, and every every time you elevate, there should be more doors opening up because you're building relationships first. And if you get focused on that, if you're fucking up relationships or, or burning bridges everywhere you go, it doesn't matter how great your marketing is or, or the information about none of that matters. So, again, for me, it's building relationships. That's 70, you know, 60, 70 percent of what I do. And then 20, 30 percent is that is marketing. And, and if and if you're not sure about that, you can just go go find a brand that you like that does well and just copy their stuff. I, mean, I, I I had a mentor used to say, it's okay to be a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. So I just copied the right cats. Yeah. And then the information the detail, one really cares about the information. I could tell you all the, all the details and all this, but what you care about is the two or three benefits. If I got a product that'll, that'll help you live longer, it'll hook the, the, the feature is it'll lengthen your telomeres. But what does that mean? Well, that means less joint pain. That means your skin is better. If I can give you three or four benefits that actually you can relate to your eyesight gets better. You know, you wake up in the morning feeling refreshed and, and, and that's the type of things people want to know. So again, so I would market around the benefits. I find, I figure, oh, here's the facts information. Nobody really gives a shit. You can, you point that out. That's 10, 10% or so 20%. Take another chunk of that and market around those benefits or those features, you, you market the benefits, but build the relationships because that's going to be the name of the game. If you got people open the door, you got someone, you know, you get, you get the right person, got a million followers on Instagram that says, Hey, Ivan's the man. She's yeah. the woman. All of a sudden that day, you just moved a whole bunch of product with very little marketing involved. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, that's so important. And I wanted to ask the question because let's face it, I mean, in 2023, you know, marketing is important, but I think, like you said, a lot of people go about it the wrong way. And one thing I heard you say is relationships, literally, if you build 
you know, we live in a social age where, you know, we all have access to Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and God knows what other platform, right? But the the real the real important part of modern marketing is, is being able to build relationships with the right people that ultimately become advocates for you. Because like you said, you know, Instagram, someone throws your name out, they got a million followers, you know, and suddenly you're like, holy shit. People know about me that didn't know about me because someone else introduced me to their network. And that's how powerful it is, because in the earlier days, like you were talking about, you know, network marketing specifically, you were doing it, but on a much smaller scale. You couldn't amplify it to millions and millions of people. And I think that's what people don't understand because they're so focused on like KPIs, like, oh, how many likes did I get? Or how many comments or how many views did I get? No, man, forget about that. Just focus on the fucking relationships. And that's what you were pretty much talking about, right, is. If you're yeah. going to be doing it right, then focus on getting in front of the right people that can ultimately open doors for you. Um, because, well, you know, I, I, I assume that at some point you're going to understand your numbers and you're going to have to know, you're going to have to know your numbers. That's just, right. that, that becomes part of your business. That's just, that's inevitable. You're going to have to get that stuff down. But what happens sometimes if all you're focusing on is KPI, you're focusing on, on those metrics and that's it. And you're missing the relationship side. You get great products come and go. And they get yeah. knocked off all the time by someone bigger, badder, faster. So I realize all the time there's always someone richer, smarter, faster. I talked about on one of my videos I posted today about saturation. Look, yeah. it's a myth because there's going to be someone can go into just about any market and blow that market up. I don't care how saturated it, it appears to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, again, there's all there's a lot of these pieces. And sometimes, you know, as as like gurus. We try to say it's it's this way or the highway. I learned a long time ago. I, I I've got so much flexibility built in because Ivan, there's mm -hmm. things that you probably do that I don't do, that you know my way works, but your way also works in this area. Sure. So I got I got away from being this like my way or the highway type thing. Now when when I'm scaling a business inside of my personal business, I have a system driven way of doing things. It's done this way. McDonald's says okay. For example, back in the day, cheeseburger, yellow wrapper, filet of fish goes in the turquoises. Right, you, right. You don't right. deviate from that. You don't yeah. bring your mother's special sauce into the McDonald's. <laughs> your are right. No, you pay $2 million for it. You stay in this land because it's how we scale worldwide. So I think like that in my business from a system standpoint, this is how we do it. We do it over and over and over. We call yeah. it mastering the mundane. Same thing over and over and over. Boring as fuck. But eventually that thing starts to grow like this, grow like this, and then you're free. Yeah. Anyways, bro, I appreciate you having me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I'm I'm very thankful for your time. With that being said, you know, how can people connect with you, by the way, uh, out there in the social space? Yeah, probably the best way, I, I, I tend to put more time into Instagram uh, for whatever reason. So it's just my first name, John, J-O-H-N dot Malat. John dot Malat, that actually rhymes. I didn't think about that. John <laughs> dot m-a-l-o-t-t -T. john dot malott m-a-l-o-t-t -T. that's the best place to reach me out and i hand like i i answer all my dms and sometimes it takes takes a while but um i used to have people that do all that and, and I, I lost that connection which is if i'm going to tell people 70 percent is building relationships i'm trying to be engaged you know with with people that want to engage and uh yeah so that's the best place john dot malott yeah. and, and i'm happy to follow up. I'd love to do this again with you sometime. I appreciate what you're doing, Ivan. This again, I wish this was available. This type of stuff was available back in the day. That's why I'm I'm willing to do yeah. things like with the right people because yeah. these seeds can be planted and the mind can expand and never go back to its original dimensions. Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in. Trying to tap back in.
Just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again. You 